Hey guys, real quick break. Wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place. The cool thing is it's actually for free, which you can use right from your phone, your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll also distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard everywhere from Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Easily make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Hey guys, quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Started with Taigatu. This is a brand that's based out here in the Northwest. Started by two brothers and their motto is freedom from ordinary. This brand is an amazing lifestyle brand. Go check them out. Taigatu. Use the code TOPRATINGMMA for a discount at the checkout. Reweb, they're a veteran-owned digital marketing agency and they're on a mission to help one million small businesses and feed one billion people by giving back. In fact, if you go to their website, you can fill out a form right now. They will give you a personalized video review of your website and help you with some strategies for free. Just tell them Top Radio May sent you. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. Combat flags, they do flags like the one behind me and the original combat flag, which is a four by six inch flag made by fatigues that are donated to combat flags from soldiers that wore them. And the cool thing is every combat flag that comes out to you has the story of the soldiers that wore that fatigue. They have donated close to $80,000 to Stop Soldier Suicide, a great organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Rep Sports, look, this is not your typical supplement store. These guys have everything and they taste great and it's good prices. Protein, weight loss, muscle build, pre-workout, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they're the makers of Ray's Energy. Like I said, go check them out. Rep Sports at topratedmma.com. Use the code TOPRATEDMMA for 15% off your order and go order them today. Rachel, you're the first woman to be a full-time strength and conditioning coach, the first woman to be a full-time hitting coach in the history of professional baseball. Uh, you're with the New York Yankees. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and uh, it'll be fun. Let's get it going. Yeah, well, I like to go back a bit. You grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. You've got two sisters. Your, your dad worked for American Airlines. Your mom was a bookkeeper. What was childhood like for you? Um, yeah, my parents were. Thanks for asking that because uh, normally people want to start with my story, you know, with the Cardinals when I was 24, and I was just like to say, like I, you know, I'm in this position because of my parents and my upbringing, yeah. and uh, my parents are a product of like their parents were factory workers and just very blue collar. And my parents were raised in that household and they very much raised us the same way, even though they both had what I would consider more white collar jobs. We grew up really very blue collar, very Midwest, very kind of middle of the road, middle class. Um, we had everything we needed, but nothing that we didn't type of thing. And uh, they just were really instilled in me at a young age to be capable, be independent, be hardworking. Like, I mean, I know everyone probably says that, but they were very, very much like I'm here because of the way that they raised me as a young girl. And I would say even my dad, especially I have two sisters. And so I think even now if people are like, Oh, you have three daughters, like, haha, must be tough. And he's like, just Google my daughter. Would you like, he's like, right. he's like, uh, uh, like, no, that's not how I raised them. I raised them to be very strong, capable women. And I can even remember when I was a young girl, you know, 10 or 11, my dad would be going to the YMCA to go and work out and I would ask to go with him and he always took me. And I just think back to that and go like, 
he could have said no. He could have said, no, you don't belong in the weight room or you don't belong there. But he took me with him and God knows what I was doing. I was, you know, I just was probably messing around or I was following my dad around doing whatever he did. Yeah. That's, but that's not important. The important part is like my parents never really, if we wanted to do something or like had a big dream or something that we wanted to accomplish, they always just said like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, even if they thought behind closed doors, like that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were like, yeah, sounds great. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh. What do we, what do we need to do? We can support you to do that. And if you work hard, it'll happen. And so that's like, when people say like, oh, how did you get there? I'm like, that's the true answer. Um, right. Because I had to be raised like that to even think about being in men's professional sports. Yeah. Then even put myself in the position to apply for those jobs. You know, it's like, it's, that's, that's how I got here, you know? And then after that, it was the same as everyone else. I did the internships and every, everything else, but um, the original part is just having the idea and, and the self-efficacy to know that I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you played sports growing up. When did you make that decision that kind of was like, yep, I want to go and, and do this baseball thing? Well, um, I don't usually, I, I tell the story more and more now because it was so long ago, but at first I was very, I kept as a secret. So the reason why I'm in professional baseball, I would say I played college softball and I knew I wanted to be in sports always. So that was, I knew I wanted to be a strength coach. I went to LSU and was doing a graduate assistantship at LSU, which obviously is a really great athletic school. Um, so sports and strength and conditioning, but really baseball came because I was, the whole time that I was kind of burgeoning my career as a strength coach, I was dating a minor league baseball player. So oh, okay. I played softball in college. He played baseball at the same place. We dated for two years. Then he was drafted and played for the Dodgers organization. So as I was kind of climbing the ranks in my career, I was learning all this crazy stuff about minor league baseball, which no one knows about. It's like right. this underground, you know, it's this underground thing. And he was like all over the country and just like the Latin American side of things. And moving up and down and like bad nutrition, long bus rides, like all this stuff that I started learning about. And I was just so fascinated by the journeymen that these guys were. And I just was like, God, I think I want to get into that because it's a really, it's a challenge. Like yeah. you're moving all over the country, they're playing a game every single day. And so from a physical standpoint, you have to be on point and like understanding recovery to the fullest. And so I just really like honestly learned a lot from him, uh, which is funny because it was an ex-boyfriend that actually got me into it. Um, sure. So anyway, I, that's why I was like fascinated by really most people are like, oh, I want to be in the big leagues. I was fascinated by minor league baseball and Latin America yeah. and just kind of the early journey of how these guys even get to the big leagues in the first place. So that's really what attracted me to that. Yeah, and you had your own challenges along the journey. I mean, even to the point where you're applying for teams, you weren't hearing anything back that you actually ended up changing your name to Ray and you kind of changed your resume to be more general neutral. What happened after you updated your resume and changed your name there? Yeah, I got a lot of responses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, the backstory a bit is I just, I mean, obviously in order to get to the point where I thought I needed to change my name, I was already having problems. So leaving, leading into the 2013 season, I faced some like really blatant gender discrimination where I was actually told like, you're not going to get, this job because you're a woman and they're not going to hire you so I was pretty naive to that point going into the 2013 season and then then I sat out that season waitress worked at Lululemon picked up a couple more internships on my resume coming around the next year I was already kind of dreading applying because I was like I've got this great young resume I mean 
at that time, I had worked for Arizona State, LSU, Chicago White Sox, Los Tigres Daily Say. I worked in the Dominican, um, LSU. Like, I just had this crazy good resume for a young person in sports. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter because they're not even going to open my resume when they see my name on my email. And my sister, of all people, was, was like, why don't you just change your name on your resume? And I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hmm, that's a good idea. So, yeah, I, yeah. so I changed it and I got immediate responses. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, it was a pretty like short-lived, like, you, you know, alter ego, Ray, because I, it was so awkward. Like the conversations I was having after that were so awkward that I just was like, all right, this is not getting anywhere. But right. what, it, what it did, like, at least what it told me is finally I was getting responses where in the past I just was getting nothing, like yeah. no response. So I was getting like really hopeful responses of like, yeah, we're really interested. Let's set up an interview type of thing. And so I was like, wow, okay, my resume is good. What I'm doing is paying off. It's just not in the right way yet. And it just is going to take the right person to give me that opportunity. So I think that, you know, it was very short lived, but it was really important for me to just understand that I actually was, my resume was good. You know, I just yeah. was like pretty confused for a while there. And then I changed my name and I was like, oh, okay, it really is just this one little thing, my gender, you know, <laughs> right. Wow. Detail. Yeah. And you ended up working with the Cardinals, the Latin America, Houston Astros, like you said, the White Sox organization, and then on with the Yankees. When you got the job offer from the Yankees, what's going through your mind and what did you do right after you got the news? Um, I just remember the moment. Um, yeah. What was it like? Like basically the guy who hired me, Dylan Lawson, he's the hitting coordinator for the Yankees. He worked for the Astros, and that's how I met him, is that okay. I was a strength coach and he was a hitting coach. And I just was, you know, I was inserting myself into the hitting meetings all the time, like learning what they're doing, learning their philosophy, so I could be better at my job, but also just I was genuinely curious about that. So he knew my work ethic, and also just he was a bit of a mentor, a friend. I had definitely, like, had dinner with him and his wife many occasions. And so he was the one who actually got to offer me that job, which was really cool. So it was a mentor of mine nice. that was able to, I would say he made history, you know, when he offered me the job because it, it always, it's like, I might get the credit and the podcast request, but like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Right. So it was really cool that a mentor of mine was able to like share that moment with me. And like, I think we, we told each other, we loved each other, <laughs> yeah. just, weird, but it was just such a, such a surreal, like. I accepted the job and he was like, whoa, like, okay, what do we do now? And I was like, I don't know, you're my boss. And he, he was like, all right. He was like, okay, I'm just so happy for you. And I was like, well, you do. It was just a very, very, very cool moment. Yeah. And of course, like to work for the Yankees, you know, and the, and the fact that it was the Yankees that made that decision who are viewed to be a very traditional uh, organization and have such a deep history. And so for them to make that decision, um, to make such a progressive hire tells you a lot about the organization and the people in charge in the first place. And so uh, just really cool, you know, all around experience and, and opportunity. Yeah. And then you even moved to the Netherlands, right? And you, you actually like worked with the Dutch baseball national and softball teams there. What was that experience like? Uh, I missed the sunshine in Amsterdam for sure. Oh. <laughs> so it was a little, maybe not my favorite city I've ever lived in. Okay. Um, even though really cool history and stuff, but also just that was a, it was a tough year because I, I risked a lot, you know, I gave up my job with the Astros and moved 
to Europe with three suitcases. I sold my car. I sold everything that I own. I got rid of everything. I moved to Europe, not knowing, <laughs> not knowing what was on the other end of it. You know, yeah. I didn't have any idea. I didn't even know at the time if I was going to be able to be a hitting coach. I didn't know if I was going to be a scout. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I just, you know, I, it was a risk and it was tough. Yeah. And it was, I, most people at my age at that time, I was 30. Yeah, I was 30. I took my life savings that most people would have put down on a house and depleted it, just threw it, just threw it into <laughs> another degree and moving across the world and basically paying myself out of my savings. And it was a huge risk. So it was really, it was a difficult year, honestly. It was really difficult. Wow. Um, but obviously, I just always tell people like the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. And that obviously was the case for me because I was able to get a job with the Yankees as a hitting coach. So. Yeah, what a great risk it was for sure. Uh, you mentioned that you genuinely love meeting people who are what you call seekers. What are seekers? I think critical thinkers, people who aren't accepting just like what they're fed, you know, and, and saying, wait, is this really how it should be? Is this really the best thing? Is this really it? You know, is this, is this the life, you know, is buying the six bedroom house in the suburbs, is that is that it, you know, yeah. or is there more? Right. And so for me, it's like how many people have told, you can imagine how many people have told me like, that'll never happen. <laughs> this is how it is. Right. If you want to do that, you're going to have to do this. And I just have broken every fucking rule. Yep. So I'm just like people who are seeking the edge, people who are breaking the rules, people who are thinking critically and doing things differently and finding the edges of, what's possible. That's what I would consider a seeker. Awesome. And, and you started this podcast called the, the Theta Wave Podcast, which I've been listening to the episodes. Really great show, by the way. But for folks who don't know about that show, what's your podcast about? That podcast really truly is a hobby. You know, even my blog, like I write one blog a year, you know, it's, it's, it's just because I like to share things. Yeah. And for the podcast, I love, I meet so many different people and I'm just inspired by their stories. So I want to share them. And so that's what that podcast was about originally. The Theta Wave is a brainwave associated with the flow state. And so the flow state, for anyone out there who doesn't understand that concept, is just like Theta Waves are brainwaves that you can have while you're both sleeping and awake. And that's make, it makes it unique. Yeah. And people say they're like a lot of elite level athletes getting into the flow of just like they don't even remember what they did or how they did it. They just were subconsciously alive. Um, and they were in this flow because they're, they were in their height of creativity and they were having so much fun or they just were focused so hard on the tasks that they were trying to accomplish that they weren't even really consciously making the decision to do it. Um, that's the flow state. And so I just try to interview people that I think are in the flow state more often than, than average. Yeah. Oh, very cool. While researching on your website, you also talk about this women's retreat that you started called FEM, uh, Female Executive Mentorship. Sounds really awesome. But uh, what can folks expect to get out of that? And what happens at those retreats? Well, um, I don't know yet because <laughs> the first one was supposed to happen this fall and we pushed okay. it back. Okay. Um, so that'll be happening next year. Uh, nice. But basically, FEM is, uh, I'm partnering with a woman named Jen Wiederstrom, who's a very well-known woman in the fitness industry. And we both, you know, there is a, a giant lack of women in top level positions. So there are lots of women in the workforce, like that changed a long time ago, right? But there's right. still the lack of women who are in very high ranking positions in male dominated industries. And also just like 
if you're at a, if you're at a C level of any company anywhere, not even in a male dominated industry, even if it's a female dominated industry, you're still probably going to be the only woman in the room. Just to hold a top level position in any industry is usually male dominated, and so I think that we as as you know, I'm almost mid thirties, you know, thirty three, and she's thirty seven. Like we're getting up up the ranks in our career and the higher you get the less women are or above you to like guide you yeah so we wanted to create basically femme is female executive mentorships and so just mentoring women that want to be you know high level career women and what that means from a personal side of things and the personal sacrifices you might encounter and also the professional sacrifices the professional things you might have to deal with and that they might already be dealing with that they just need someone to go hey you're not crazy like this has happened <laughs> me as well and someone to just share stories with and so the event basically is going to be a very small intimate event it's going to be capped at 30 women application only um there'll be six mentors Uh, and just to give you an idea we've got like a cfo we've got a ceo we've got myself a hitting coach for the yankees jen wiederstrom is extremely extremely well known in the fitness business we've got a senator we've got women who are ranking in extremely high level positions that are going to be the mentors at the event and they'll be speaking, but it's not like a normal event where you go, you watch someone speak, and then they kind of go up to the hotel room and you don't have an opportunity to even talk to them. Right. These six mentors will be available for like three full days. So they'll be at the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner. They'll be at all the activities. They'll be speaking. They'll be very, very engaged. So 30 attendees and six mentors. We're hoping to have a lot of very like one-on-one deep conversations with, you know, about people's struggles and just what I do. And so it's a very small event and we're just hoping to make a big impact on women who are in the right times in their lives that kind of need that extra boost to go from middle management to the C level or whatever. I mean, I've never, the C level doesn't exist for me, but if I'm, I want to get to a high level, yeah, you need, I think it's important to have male mentors too, but there's plenty of those in high right. and there's plenty of, I have tons of male mentors in baseball. <laughs> But I can't really turn to a lot of women and go, what did you do in this situation? I, there is no one. I just have to make it up. You know? right. So I want to be a mentor for other young women that are kind of feeling that loneliness. Wow. Man, I can't wait. That's awesome. Such a great event. I think it will just make huge impacts on people. Now, I wanted to transition to some fun questions here real quick. I played baseball for a long time. My favorite player is Nolan Ryan. Do you have a favorite baseball player? <laughs> um. My favorite baseball players are guys that I worked with. You know, I don't, I'm yeah. not a fan. I, I, you know, just like any other industry, I suppose, like once you get to know the guys behind the scenes, you're like, oh, I cheered for you. You know, like you're not really nice and you're not a good person. Like, why would I ever want to? So I would say, like, my favorite players are guys that I've worked with that I've worked really hard and you might not even know their names. You know, like there's a guy yeah. named Enoli Paredes who I've worked with. I worked with when I was with the Astros who just made the big league roster for the Astros and I'm super proud of him and he's worked really hard and I know him personally. So I'm a big fan of his, um, but there, you know, it's like, that's tough. Also, I didn't grow up watching baseball. I grew up watching softball. So right. my favorite baseball player was a softball player. And that was probably Jessica Mendoza or Kat Osterman who people still might not know because I yeah. was a softball fan, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm a huge music guy, so I love to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music, or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Ooh, um, Mark Bassey is one that comes to mind. He's kind of a, or I don't know, he's like kind of hip hop, kind of not. Okay. I guess. Uh, yeah. 
I just really like his music. I, I'm like, as a strength coach, you just listen to everything. And so right. I like, I mean, rap, country, rock, classic rock, oldies, Latin music, there's everything on my playlist, like everything. So, you know, I'm all over the place. What about yeah. you? What music do you like? Uh, you know, I used to just be straight metal, like, you know, more rock. And I think over the years, as I've gotten a little bit older, my eyes and my ears have opened up to like more hip hop, more country, but I'm probably more on the rocker side than all of them. Yeah. Something about the beard and the flag said that to me. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Rachel, such an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was great. Yeah, absolutely. Some good questions there. Thank you, Rachel. Have a great one. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers, entrepreneurs, success-minded people, and the best up-and-coming fighters, real fighters, real stories. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.